Venom, Let There Be Carnage. What did you think? Where are you coming from from after the first movie too? That first movie kind of frustrated me because it's so dull and uh, lifeless sometimes. It's um, it's not very good, I don't think. I'm not sure about you. Um, but I, yeah, here mm-hmm. you go ahead and I'll I'll do mine. After. I mean, I mean, I I just saw that first one just to uh, see the preview for Spider Verse. I, that's all I wanted to see was just that it was like I think it was like five minutes, and Venom was uh, Venom was uh, just like why am I watching this? I was on I was on my phone, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the first one was kind of I mean I liked certain aspects of it like the symbiote like the symbiote itself because it just you know gives it such personality and uh like they they give it like uh its own little uh its own little uh personality and like traits but you know it's directed by the, the zombie land guy and it's just like what happened you know it's not very humorous and yeah so that's uh, that's where i'm coming from first from that first film um yeah i didn't I know some people have been trying to reclaim the first film as like a really fun buddy comedy with, uh, you know, weird elements and Tom Hardy losing his mind. And I think we mm-hmm. all like no one said that was the problem with that movie. You know, at yeah. least like if maybe like hardcore comic book nerds that were like, that's not Venom. And like, no, one, Venom, well, it is kinda, Venom kind of sucks. But also, like, yeah. if you're going to reinvent the character without Spider-Man, like you got to do something else different with it. Like mm-hmm. the fact that Tom Hardy like committed to making that like I- I'm gonna make this my franchise, um, that's that 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 got me really interested. I was like, why is he throwing his weight around for this? Like, he's been also Academy Award nominated. Riz Ahmed's the villain in this. Michelle Williams signed on to work with Tom Hardy. What what was going on here? Uh, and I, I I'm sorry. I tried watching the first one. It's there's fun stuff in there. Like everyone loves the lobster tank scene. Yes, that's very funny. I also love it. I actually think the action's kind of interesting too. Um, I think so. Yeah. But no, sorry, I, I can't. I can't quite get there for that one. Then I'm let there be carnage. Uh, you and I both saw it last night on a whim. I was thinking about going this morning just because we we both been very busy. If you could tell from our September schedules and such. But yeah. uh, I was like, I don't know, I'm pretty tired. But I was like, fuck it, we're we're not going super late. Let's go. Um, I hope I like it. I like the image of Venom at a rave in the trailer. That's like that was okay, amazing. That that kind of looks like that. maybe they got the tone right now. Um, I'll let you go first, though. I'll let you. I'll let you lead us into this. I I uh, I actually really enjoyed this. They went full blown camp. Um. It's about two, uh, two, one, I guess an alien, but I was going to say two dudes sharing the same body and like how they get along and uh, their own self-doubt and uh, feels like their own like mental health and all that. But uh, I just, I just love the the relationship between uh, Venom and uh, Symbiote, or excuse me, Eddie and a symbiote Venom, because it's almost like this weird, like self love, self acceptance that they're trying to go through you know the whole moral is just uh you know they work together and uh you know they're uh they're accepting of each other wouldn't you, you know wouldn't you want to uh, to feel that i guess and carnage is the anti-venom where his host 
take takes control of them. So it's just it's a movie for the boys. That's what it is. No, I mean, kind of is. But uh, yeah, it's like basically barely a film. Like our, our another another reference to our friend Andrew from Discussing Film, go follow him. Great guy, a good good insight into film. Um, and his review mentioned that the film feels like it's being played on fast forwards. And yeah, I would I would agree with that. It's like yeah. a brisk ninety minutes without credits, right? Uh, um, and I, I thought it was say, still super fun. <laughs> yeah, me. I would say I actually enjoyed that because the first one was such a slog. It's like almost two hours. Yeah, two hours These, is nothing. I think Tom Hardy's a genius. Like, yeah. I, I think he understands that a movie this ridiculous and like kind of kind of stupid needs to be short. You can't make these two hours, two and a half hours anymore. Uh, you can make like an Avengers movie like that long because it's a big like event. And, you know, there's a lot of characters to juggle and stuff like totally cool with that. But something like this, like you're, you're kind of just like in the movie. Here's the here's the inciting incident. Here's the character action. Here's the fallout of that action. Here's how they deal with the consequences. Here's the climax and here's the resolution. Boom, you're out. Like, yeah. They, you could still make movies like that, apparently. I would like for it to go less quickly next time because mm-hmm. uh, I, I was actually really impressed with like the action and like the physicality of the symbiotes too. You know, yeah. like also let me be clear. I don't think this is a great movie. I don't even think it's a very good one, but I think it's an entertaining mm-hmm. one if you genuinely like trash. Yeah, it's like or, three and, or and a half for me. Comedy. I think it's a funny movie. I think it's genuinely funny. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say I, I uh, really appreciate Andy Circus and his uh use of visual effects because everything gets like a certain weight, everything has like a certain different feel, which you know which the dude that plays Gollum, I would think he would know a lot. So really trust him. Yeah. Andy Serkis, the fucking, the best. Uh, yeah. Don't see his, don't see his other movie, the jungle book or whatever the fuck it was called. That I was would, <laughs> I'd recommend it for different reasons from let there be carnage, but I would also recommend it in spite of its quality. We're like, Hey, you remember how they made that surprisingly good jungle book movie with John Favreau and he revolutionized digital technology and cinematography. Well, the guy who played Gollum also did, but it'll fuck up your kids for life instead. Yeah. I really, <laughs> that's did. why he that watched kind that of, movie. kind of messed me up. I was just kind of traumatized. Yeah. Didn't that, um, wasn't, wasn't Christian Bale in it? Was he? I think so. Yeah. I, I guess I, I gotta up, look I this up then. All right, yeah. I looked it up. Uh, what else do you think about Venom with the Recarnage? I thought it was um it's just like a fun it's a fun film. It's it's really niche and um uh I would say it's just a very like kind of a bro movie almost. <laughs> it um, is very broy, but it's all, yeah, it's like this dude that's like getting over like a divorce and his wife leaves him for a more interesting guy and only his uh bro venom has his back you know what it reminded me of because there is like genuinely interesting character drama in this too it just stuffed away in this bizarre weird tentacle fetish film mm-hmm. <laughs> that made it into mainstream theaters yeah uh, it reminded me of hot fuzz a little bit hot fuzz is like an, a masterpiece i'm not even saying yeah. it's close in quality let me also make that clear but, you know, the conflict in Hot Fuzz is that, like, oh, Sergeant Angel's the most badass cop in, in the UK. He can do anything except, you know, he doesn't know how to connect to people because he's so good at his job and that's all he is. Whereas, yes. like, 
Eddie Brock is like if God spilled a person, <laughs> you know, his life is a horrible mess. It's a disaster. Every waking moment is pain for him with or without venom. And that's why I really like this Eddie Brock. But the point I wanted to make was that like in Hot Fuzz and in, in Venom, their lives, like they can't be there for other people until they learn to like care for themselves first, like in a right. healthy way. And then they learn to do that instead of Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, it's Tom Hardy and his weird alien buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of sweet where it's like, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, you, you care and that makes it better. And like, he has to let the person he was in love with go because she's getting married and like he screwed it up and that happened. That was like really like thoughtful mm-hmm. in a Venom movie. You know, like maybe the third one will, will like change it and like, no, they were meant to be together or some Hollywood bullshit. But I don't, I don't know. I thought that was like an interesting direction to go. Like his conflict isn't to get her back. Like Venom exit on like that's the conflict of the movie. But it's, yeah. it's totally not like it's a joke when he's like, all right, no kiss her. And it's like, no, he's, he knows that that's over. Yeah. And I don't know. You just don't see stuff like that. No, no. not really. No. Uh, something else I, I really wanted to bring up before I toss it back to you is that I was having conversations about like how superhero related media doesn't really have working class stuff in it anymore, unless it's like the boys, you know, and even then it's like, well, they have all this high tech stuff. It's like, that's not what that show is about. The show is, is a critique of like the adoration and capitalist ties of the modern superhero stuff. And that's why that second season is really good. Right. And, uh, but like Spider-Man doesn't have like struggles with money anymore. And that's pretty like important part of the character. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, I am bestowed Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock, who is a mess of a human being who has the same trash around his apartment from the first film. And it's like, oh, I guess this is this is my working class guy now. Venom. Yeah. It's a fucking that- Venom movie. Yeah, I feel like it's like a weird hot topic shirt where it's like, like, uh, like, I don't know, like a cringe shirt where it's like, you know, when you start relating more to Venom than Spider-Man, now that you know uh, what it means to be an adult or something, or I don't know, people relate more to Squidward yes. than Spongebob or when with the Joker than Batman. It's like, oh, yeah, but the Joker Batman one is by like edgelords Grin- and shit. Edgelords, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you understand the Joker when you grow up. And it's like, no, I don't, because I've never killed anyone and I don't plan <laughs> on it. So no, yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't fucking people are weird on the internet. Really are. Yeah. Uh, do we do you want to do post credit scenes or spoiler discussions? Yeah. Just, yeah, just I thought a, that was Yeah, okay. Let's let's just do spoilers. So if someone comes in right now, be gone, <laughs> run away if you care about spoilers for a Venom movie. I'll be honest, I didn't care. So I knew about the post credit scene going in. Um, but what I didn't know, and again, spoiler, 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 uh, that this is like the only appearance of Carnage because Carnage gets taken out in this movie and Cletus Cassidy. And thumbs up for me because Carnage is also a character I don't, I don't really care about. So You don't like him just at all? You don't think he has a cool design? He's just... He's like a, a thinner red venom. Like the I like the the symbiotes more than I've ever really liked them in execution, except mm-hmm. for Venom 2, Spider-Man 3, and the Spectacular Spider-Man. <laughs> so what I'm saying is the PS5 Spider-Man 2 sequel 
has a lot of work to do and i'm sure they'll do it because that first game is like incredible yeah Um, but no i i don't care for cletus cassidy i guess i like the symbiote designs but i also just like like a bunch of them like the way that looks there's no like character there for me the characters up until this film were so like tied to what they represented for the heroes that I never really cared for Eddie Brock or any of that stuff. Right. Like, yeah, to me, those are blank slates, how they relate to Spider-Man makes them interesting and they haven't done that in a while. And they, they still really haven't, (laughs) but uh, like you can do something interesting with them, but the idea of Cletus Cassidy, uh, even though he's played by Woody Harrelson, you know, I I thought it was like, fine. The the action was like really inventive for some reason Mm -hmm. in this. Yeah. But um, do do you like Carnage and Cletus? Do you are you a fan? Uh, yeah. I mean, I grew up with the characters. Yeah, I thought they were always really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I just even as like a diehard Spider-Man guy, I guess it just never really correlated, you know, to me. Uh, Although the the Venom design is like iconic for a reason. Like in hindsight, I thought it was the first movie was gonna bomb, and like in hindsight now, I'm like. Yeah, that was the stupidest opinion I've ever had. Of course, it was going to make like almost a billion dollars. Yeah, a lot of people like Venom, dude. People like Venom. The The bloody beetroots. I don't know if they're still around, but the DJs, they have Venom masks when they perform, you know? like Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if their music holds up because I I moved away from from that era. But if anyone knows what I'm talking about, that's you you know what I'm talking about. Um, Yeah, and Naomi Harris uh, doesn't get a lot to do, but... I think she also likes playing weird characters. And maybe that's why everyone likes doing these Venom movies now. Because they just get to be weird and play dress up, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. What a a weird fucking franchise. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Do do you have any any, any favorite parts or other stuff you want to talk about before we we talk about the implication of the big thing at the end? Uh, Venom going going to a rave is iconic and um i guess there was some allegory because he posted his uh coming out thing right mm-hmm. and they so just that's... uh they just they let tom hardy do whatever he wants and it turns out he's like pro alien rights and it's like th- this is a stretch but it's like you know pro immigration and such like we all need to be nice to each other that could be applied to anything and then he's like yeah like too long i've been living in the shadows and uh, this is you know i'm out of eddie's closet and it's like it's they're covering it up with as much like Hollywood dialogue as they need to, but it's mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's a weird movie to have those positive messages. Yeah, in, but I'm glad they're there, and like the look of Venom yeah. at the rave is like really cool. You know, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. They yeah. they all accepted him too. That was nice. Yeah, they love Venom. The country's mm-hmm. got Venom fever. <laughs> That's why this movie has already made more money than any other in the entire pandemic. That's not true, but it did make more money on opening night than any other movie that's been released since the start of the pandemic. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Movies are back. Yeah. This, the fucking movies go, go Hollywood. Congratulations. You did it. You survived. Um, All right. Let's talk about the big thing at the end then. So what did you think? Because I knew about it going in. Were you happy, sad, don't care? What's on your mind? Um, 
I don't know if I was like happy, but I, I thought it was neat. I thought it was cool. All right. I I I, I'm so I don't think anyone's gonna pop in at this point, but like I'll I guess we could just say it. Uh that looks the multiverse stuff is actually happening like for realsies now and not like Ralph Boner. Yeah, I didn't even finish and I know about that. But uh, like it's actually happening and it's it brought in characters from other franchises now um i'm not super interested in like the implications mm. of this um because i i think it's all just they're gonna pick and choose what they need to bring in for like marketing purposes but uh this is 100 a move just so they can keep using spider-man in the mcu yeah and if, if it takes putting venom in the mcu to do that i'm game because tom hardy is is a maniac <laughs> you know so yeah more power to him um i don't know do you any any last thoughts on venom or the post-credit scene because like it's a fun um, movie but it also doesn't give you that much to talk about yeah i, I feel like the excuse me we've had a long week it's fine yeah the post-credit scene was almost like one of those fake sort of like post-credit scenes that you see in a uh, uh like on youtube that get outed as like fake you know mm-hmm um, it didn't feel real, and then everyone was reacting to it. Yeah, people were very excited about that in the theater. Yeah, someone was like, "Let's go!" And I was like, yeah, that was where it happened. People, people like their Venom, and people like their Spider Man. I like both. Yeah, and they they showed the No Way Home trailer before the movie, and looked great. Yeah, sure. Sam Raimi said it was great. Sam Raimi is a saint, and there will be no Sam Raimi slander on this podcast. All right. right. Uh, Spider-Man 3 makes the majority of the MCU look like dollar Marvel stuff. Yeah. I still hold to that. I still, I'll still, I'll fight for Spider-Man 3. Uh, But I'm, I'm not the only one. Other people believe it too. And so we need to get the word out to Sam Raimi to let him know that, no, you didn't do anything wrong. You were a good boy. And you made a good film. Yeah. Flawed. And not as good as the other two, but good. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, last question then. Uh, Venom 3, what do we, what do we want to see? Or who do we want to see? And who do we want to see behind the camera? Because I don't know if Andy Serkis is going to do another one. I kind of want to see Andy Serkis again. Yeah. I liked what he yeah. did here. I, I think he's not like at his full power as a director yet. But um, I, I wouldn't be against that. I just think it would be cool if this was like Tom Hardy's franchise and he's like, I want to work with this weird director. I want to work with this director and that director, you know, like how Tom Cruise yeah. does for Mission Impossible until he met uh, Chris McQuarrie. But where it was like, yeah, Brian De Palma, you do the first one. I'll get John Woo to do the second one. I saw Alias, J.J. Abrams. Who's that? Come do the, the third one with me. Uh, Brad Bird, the Incredibles guy. Absolutely. Come on down. You know, like and then the I'd rest like to- is just Chris. Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah, you know, whatever. He makes good movies. I'm not, I'm, I'm I just would have liked to have seen that continue, but he makes yeah. good Mission Impossible, so I don't really care. And, you know, maybe that's Andy Serkis. Maybe he just makes Venom movies with Tom Hardy maybe. until the end of their days. Um, I was going to say I'd want a crazy person, so probably Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman's <laughs> really crazy. Doug Lyman, yeah, because he's like a low key crazy, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, Manageable, crazy. He's very flexible as a director too, so that that could work. That could really work, because you know he's got some duds, but then he's also got like 
swingers and edge of tomorrow mm-hmm. which are like uh, i like of... chaos walking i think chaos walking was pretty cool okay maybe you I... should see it i'll check it out i hey he made edge of tomorrow work and nobody but me thought that was going to be a good movie so yeah. and it turned out even i was wrong because it was an excellent movie you know so yeah. there you go it's what it is it's what it is um I want to save the the spooky season hype for after, but uh, let's look back now, and we can talk about Venom some more if we want, because it's our podcast, and who gives a fuck? But uh, looking back in the last five years of podcasting together, Gene, mm. what are what are you most proud of? Uh, big question. The, yeah, <laughs> just the fact that we had consistency. Um, trying to think of any individual moments, but the fact in that when we started it's 2016 i think it was october you weren't even on that first one um it's just yeah it was just a halloween month but the fact that uh, pretty much every month we've had something out um and in one form or another and the the fact that we've continued um where other people have um you know kind of retired or done you know done something else is uh pretty pretty good to be proud of we have uh so many views on youtube we've been on panels we've got to interview interesting people say the least on this show and uh hope to continue to five more or when we're like 80 we're still doing this i mean it'll be a it'll be a fun thing to continue because i i think our trajectories in life are not always going to be podcast related and i don't say that as any disregard to this by any means because i always have fun doing them uh but just you know we, we want to do other stuff in life too but knowing that this will always kind of be available to do like is is kind of comforting in a way yeah. you know just like yeah keep us grounded a little bit i'm i'm definitely most proud of the panel stuff and i was i was very uh to be frank like concerned about doing it for the first time i definitely needed some convincing because i was like nah, who's gonna give a fuck you know and then it was yeah. like it was such a blast and if not for the pandemic, I'd want to do it every year. Yeah. Um, but I'll skip out this last one next year. Need everyone to get their shit together so I can go again because uh, it was tons of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Hear that? Yeah, Joe yes. Biden. Um, probably the panel stuff. Yeah, that's I think. Oh, meeting other other uh, mutuals and, and podcast pals and Twitter friends through mm-hmm. opportunities like this, too. It's been tons yeah. of fun, you know. Yeah, you're even meeting them in person. Got yeah, meeting them in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's there's a lot of fun stuff there, and you can see it all on uh, the YouTube channel and the archives. Mm-hmm. Go check all, all that out. Don't worry, we're not wrapping up yet. We got stuff to talk about still, but yeah, go. There's there's tons of playlists. Gene and I. Um, this isn't like a special announcement or anything. It's something we talked about, and I think we'll probably get around to doing soon is we'll we're going to do like an assortment of playlists for like our favorite episodes or our favorite movies and we'll just it'll be like gene's playlist where his favorite movies are brought up in podcast form diego's blah 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 blah, you know etc just yeah fun stuff to keep the show going and keep stretching our legs yeah yeah you have and, a uh, what's that earliest memory you have of uh, podcasting when I was convinced I wanted to 
to like do one and I didn't know anything about it. So I just recorded from my old MacBook Pro, which I still just still have somehow and still works. I definitely need I don't to get know how that works. Yeah. Um, and I, I recorded with, I believe it, if it was probably you, it was at Andrew Santa Cruz's house. Do you remember yeah, that? I think it was. Yes, I do. I think it was. Yeah, there was like you. nine of us there. And I was just like, yeah, oh, was... I'll, I'll just talk and hang out. That's what podcasts are. And like, that's true. Yeah. But yeah. like, we didn't use like microphones or even like headphones for microphones no. yet. So like, it's like Boys. inaudible. It's just not like there's it, it's it is it is a worthless recording, but not worthless for us. Just uh, yeah. it's a funny memory. It's like it was so much fun. I was like, yeah, I didn't I didn't get anything. <laughs> so, I'd love to uh, see that one day. Uh, you could. I, I I probably still have it in like an archive somewhere, an old like drive. But then it just sounds like. Yeah, I don't uh, don't know how beneficial that'll be to anyone. But um, no, it's probably the earliest one. And then uh, when I went to school for journalism, I I didn't I never ran the podcast stuff just because I, I I didn't want to, but I had a a show at Rio Hondo about uh uh well it was primarily for spooky season so it's actually quite fitting that we're doing this right now too and talking about it we talk about like horror movies and uh, one of my friends would talk about like she would bring in like real horror events like horrific stuff from real life but it was like ghost story stuff not stuff that actually like happened it was mm-hmm. like just fun conspiracy theory stuff yeah uh, and, and thankfully there were fun conspiracy theories and not like anything that led her down a rabbit hole of like red pill bullshit or anything <laughs> you know yeah, harmless too many stuff yeah you know like i don't know but um yeah it's, it's interesting to see how much like it's kind of changed throughout these uh these years recording and how much will change further in in yeah. the, the podcast to come so it's been fun thanks to everyone who's been listening for this it's been a weird recording i recognize that we will get these down better now that i completely understand all of this the streamlab mm-hmm. stuff uh the setup will also look different on here um but again we'll get there practice makes better I don't believe in perfect unless it's the Andre Tarkovsky film Stalker from 1979. That's the only perfect film. And in, uh, and uh, I don't know, Titanic. Titanic is very good. Yes. I wouldn't say it's perfect, but it's very good. I think <laughs> well, before we get into spooky season hype, because James Cameron does come up there again, too. Also, if, if you want uh, that link of the abyss, let me know. Um, I I think people get too too touchy about James Cameron. I know we all dogpiled Avatar, and then I rewatched it a couple times, and I was definitely wrong to dogpile it. It's a solid movie. I think people did the same with Titanic for a while. Like you'll still see people be like, "Oh, it was good, but did it deserve X, Y, and Z?" And it's like this is definitely something I think all people in the the movie talking sphere need to to like reassort make sure you're talking about your reaction to the movie and not reviewing other people's reactions to the movie you know right. like yeah. we all do it we all get like annoyed and such but like just try to like restrain yourself you know because if you're mad someone liked black widow but didn't like titane like don't that's not that's not worth getting upset about 
Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not a real problem in life. There's enough problems in life without that. Like people yeah. not watching 31 horror movies in October 2021. Gonna watch one right now or something. Yeah, you should. We could do these for like a the more live shows for like a, a live watch, like our buddy PJ and Maxwell mm-hmm. Haddad and how they watch movies on live streams. Can't show the movie though, because that's illegal. And your channel will get taken down, which is really the, the more important pressing issue. But uh, I just made a list of my 31 favorite horror movies for people to watch on Letterboxd. And I'll link it down below in the description. Um, It's not a comprehensive list. There's probably stuff I left out that I didn't think about. I'm not going to read them all off right now because this is a conversation between Gene and I. But if anyone else is curious, go ahead. Gene, how do you prepare for spooky season? We're already in it. What are you looking forward to the most in the month of October? Let's hear it. Uh, I'm looking forward to Halloween Kills. I'll say that right now. But I just prepare by, uh, I mean, just putting together some horror films, just thinking of uh, some I want to revisit or watch to get myself in that mindset. Uh, I'd really love to see Night of the Living Dead again or any Carpenter movie, uh, maybe Evil Dead. They're on HBO Max. Little uh, simple answers, but that's what I go with. Nothing wrong with simple. You know, sometimes it's like, what's your favorite zombie movie? A lot of people will say Night of the Living Dead, and that's not like a wrong answer. It's a really good movie, no. you know? No, yeah, exactly, yeah. Shaun <laughs> like, of the Dead. I've been, I've been making more lists this year about, like, general, like, favorite films throughout film history, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of my lists tend to start with Nosferatu. And at some point, I will just be perceived as a basic bitch. <laughs> but it's not my fault that that movie goes dummy hard. So yeah. what are you going to do? Um, yeah, I also like like preparing by watching like a spooky movie. I think I might watch Halloween three this weekend just because like the vibe of that is like so perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, the autumn textures and the colors and the leaves. And I believe this one was actually filmed or like take actually takes place in California. So you can like yeah. take more advantage of that versus the original Halloween, which has palm trees in the background mm-hmm. of Haddonfield. It's not like a it's not a problem I have. It's just a little funny. The fun yeah. spoof, you know, or uh, Poltergeist. If you're if you're worried about getting too scared, because Poltergeist isn't super scary, it's just fucking awesome, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. I am also looking forward to Halloween Kills, though. For the record, Matt and yeah, I will be too. covering it for the retrospective. We'll probably talk about it on a podcast as well, just because there's there's a fucking lot of movies coming out this month. There's a lot. Yeah, gonna, yeah, I'm gonna keep using my list. I might uh I might have to get that one. Our buddy uh, Andy Comer uh, gave me the heads up that they're doing like a, a spooky season thing where like every week they're playing like a different horror movie, and I don't mm. think they're announcing them beforehand. Mm. So I was like, oh, that sounds super fun. I should like I should, I should do that. And I asked him if A list covers that, and I think it does. So we'll both go. I'm I'm down if I don't. I don't blow my brains out first. That's not a serious statement. I feel like I should I should start making addendums on that because I, I sometimes some family members listen to these and I don't want to I don't want to scare anyone <laughs> about that. But yeah. no, it's just it's been a very stressful time. So like I've been picking and choosing like what movies I go to watch in a theater now, you know, just just for just for right now. I'll, I'll get into a groove of things again. But like the the day and date releases have definitely helped with uh, with certain viewings. Mm-hmm. very grateful for that like i'm gonna oh the many saints in newark just came out right yeah so i'll probably watch that. that tonight fingers crossed 
tell me what you think i will because uh that movie's got almost everything going for it and one really big thing going against it and we don't have time to get into all don't of that have time no nope. we no, do not no. no alan taylor but for anyone that hasn't seen the sopranos which is not related to spooky season um go watch it it is unfortunately There's... as good as the people on twitter have been annoying you about it um, I would say there's some spooky scenes in Sopranos. I'm sorry, say that again. So there's some spooky scenes in the Sopranos. There, like, that show gets weird. No one talks about how like weird it gets sometimes, yeah, which is really maybe does. why it's taken off in like meme Twitter, you know, because it's like really popular with like Gen Z and millennials right now. Yeah, like super all about, popular because it's, it's all about 9/11. <laughs> I can't. I have to stop with the, the 9-11 jokes because I made one in real life when I was seeing old friends. Uh-huh. Um, and then I was like, oh, yeah, not not the crowd for that. I got it. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Well, I mean, The Sopranos kind of is, but yeah, I wasn't joking. But um, you got to retire that joke as a Norm MacDonald, too. <laughs> R.I.P. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Norm. 9-11. Oh, speaking of Norm MacDonald, uh, happy Amblin recording next couple episodes so stay tuned everyone um there's a special episode coming out soon yeah. uh, you might have noticed one episode has been missing from the happy amblin archives if you if you know what i'm talking about uh it'll premiere later this month we're gonna do some spooky season stuff first and we're gonna try to get to dune in the retrospectives just because David Lynch's Dune is like a genuinely weird film yeah. that a lot of people hate and I simply cannot, but it is very bizarre. And if you never want to watch it again, I totally understand. It's just very bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to, for more spooky season stuff, is No Time to Die a spooky season movie, Gene? No, no, no. Yeah, really. I, was, I just want to talk about No Time to it's Die. next week, though. It's cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that a lot. We were we were talking about that yesterday when the trailer played, and I was like, really excited because I think Daniel Craig's a really good James Bond. And I try to take like recency bias out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, it's it's hard because he's so good, you know. Yeah. But um, I don't know. What are your feelings about Daniel Craig as James Bond? And then we'll just talk more about John Carpenter and Halloween Kills before we wrap up. Uh, the Bond I grew up with, I I certainly love him. Yeah. and uh all his films i even think specter has a lot a lot to say a lot of good a lot of interesting locales and schemes and it's not completely unwatchable and i've even come come around to like quantum of solace too so yeah i i think that's great because I, I really like Quantum of Solace. I, I even love Quantum of Solace. I don't think it's anywhere near as good as Casino Royale or Skyfall. But I think, I, I, I don't know, that movie like fits perfectly after Casino Royale to me. Like I could not tell you how many double features I've done of those. Um, Casino Royale is like the best fucking movie ever made though. You know, so like, it's so good. Yeah. It is upsetting how good that movie is. Yeah. And I have also come around on Spectre. Um, I was very harsh on it because I loved Skyfall and that was like one of the first big movies where like, I just heard everything that was going down. Like even the, uh, the, the 
like the call sheets were leaking online. I don't know if you remember that. Or it was like, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, like that movie. Not that this isn't even like about my negative appealing of the film. Like, I think like, dude, just wait next time. You know, like it's yeah. not ready to go. Don't don't make the movie. Yeah. Like, it's a bummer that that keeps happening. Like, you think we'd learn our lessons. Um, but there's definitely good stuff in that. And I think the first like half of that movie is at least like solid enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mr. White stuff, I think they kind of I, I think they blew that because I really like that character. Yeah. Like as a villain, I thought it would have been fun instead of like him just getting killed off. I think it would have been interesting. It feels like, oh, Spectre's taking out rival spy agencies and now he has to protect the guy who can give him access to that. And it's the guy who ended up getting his first love killed, right? Like to me, that was like, oh, that's a perfect dynamic. And then they didn't do that. And that might be on me because I just thought that up in my brain. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's there is potential there, but no time diet I think looks fucking great, and looking I've been forward looking to forward that. to it since uh, Carrie Fukunaga was announced back in like 2018. Mm-hmm. Same, yeah. hottest Bond director. Oh yeah, that that is the thing. He's like the only Bond director to get like a Vanity Fair cover. Yeah, like it's cool. I respect he that. So you know, he has a lot to relate to him. Yeah, I know. he could have played Bond, I guess. Maybe. Um, and yeah, like, I guess that's also something that's worth noting too. Like there's just going to be inherently recency bias for us. Cause that was the bond that we've had in most of our lives at this point. Mm-hmm. And like, like even like, there's all these stories about Craig, like saying he'd rather slit his wrist than do another bond. And then there's like all this footage of him, like this candid footage of him, like giving these emotional farewell speeches. And it's like, yeah, like bond wasn't the problem. It's just specter made everyone want to kill themselves, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so really looking forward to that next week, and I believe we'll be doing an episode on that. I don't want to. Yes. Yeah. Certainly, yes. All right. Yeah, we're gonna have a very fun guest, old friend of the show, and uh, that one will probably go on a little long. So I don't know if it'll be live. I say that with love, though, if that person is listening, because <laughs> we always have very fun conversations. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the last thing, then, yeah, Halloween Kills hype. John Carpenter, uh, back doing the score. Did they shoot the third one yet, or have they not started yet? Um, for Halloween. That I'm not sure of. That I'm not sure of. Okay. Yeah, because I, I remember they wanted to do all three back-to-back, and then they were like, let's not let's hedge our bets, because if people don't like this one, our careers are over. And yeah. then most people liked it. I, I loved it. I still love that 2018 movie. And, you know, now they're going to – they were planning to do two and three back-to-back, and then COVID happened – so they never got to start on three and i don't know if they ever did yet um this one's getting i don't i don't really tend to talk about like review stuff on here unless it's like relating to like a retrospective or something but i i definitely brought it up to you yesterday where like it's interesting that 2018 halloween like premiered at like either tiff or like fantastic fest and like these genre festivals that like of course they're going to get a better reception than like the Venice Film Festival, you right? Know? Like David Cronenberg yeah. premieres movies there. Like, <laughs> like these yeah, are, it's, these are fucking. Snobs. I mean, they are kind of snobs, and that doesn't. That's not me saying the movie's going to be good. I, it could be a disaster. Most Halloween movies are a disaster, which is part of their charm. Sometimes, you know. Um, but like, yeah, don't don't premiere a movie, your your ten million dollar horror movie, at like 
the Cannes Film Festival, man. You know, like mm-hmm. unless you're gonna do like some neon demon shit, you know, like there 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 are certain crowds at those places. You have to like play to the audience to an extent. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I don't know. That to me that just blew my mind. I was like, why would they release that there? Like, whose idea was that? <laughs> like, I don't know. Just just silly stuff I thought about. Uh, anything else we want to we want to talk about before we log off for for spooky season hype then anything else we're looking forward to dune dune yeah dune, dune. yeah is dune scary is dune spooky season not really no no it's hard sci-fi yeah just really fucking dense i'll read the book after the movie comes out before part one yeah. or part two still reading the book yeah <laughs> We're all still reading the book. No one's ever finished it. No. <laughs> Alejandro Jodorowsky is still reading Dune. Um, Maybe he is. Yeah, I mean, he's so fucking old and and weird. Don't know why has a, that guy hasn't gotten in more trouble. Anyways, yeah. um, yeah, Dune Dune hype. I guess is the last thing I'll end off on. Spooky season. We'll we'll be back talking more about it as the as the week continue. It's very exciting. It's one of my favorite times of year. And then November is kind of always a little lull for us. We try to figure out what to do then. So if anyone has any ideas for the Hangouts, we're like open to them. <laughs> so, Very open. Yeah, Very for November, open. let us know. Just pitch us an idea and we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, silent film retrospective. Oh, since I have... It's all silent. Couple, yeah, since I have a couple people here. If anyone knows where I can watch the 1927 Napoleon film, the, the one by Abel Gantz, let me know because the Blu-ray is like 35 bucks and it's region locked to Europe and the UK. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me know because <laughs> I'd really like to see that before Ridley Scott's version of it. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, I have a region free player, but, you know, I don't have to buy the Blu-ray right now. It's expensive. I got to save up for Christmas. Um, and then, yeah, Dune, last, last thing on Dune. I, I think it looks fucking great. I don't know if... If Denis Villeneuve could make Blade Runner 2049 one of my favorite films of the last decade, like work, mm-hmm. I, I kind of trust him with whatever he wants to do at this point, you know? Yeah. So thumbs Same. up. Oh, and I guess that sequel's like 100% going to happen. Thank God. Thank yeah. God. Like there's no, there's no story about this, but you, you've heard Warner Brothers and him talk about it, right? Where they're like, yeah, it doesn't really need to do that good in theaters because of the pandemic. And they're like really softballing it. We're like, hey, you know, if it just brings in more HBO Max subscribers, and it's like, this is shortly after Christopher Nolan signed up with Universal, you know. So it's like, oh, they they're gonna make that movie for him because they need to keep their like auteur directors like happy. Otherwise, they're the also stable, gonna yeah. go to like Sony and Universal, and so yeah, I just I find that very funny. It's like the timing is just like back to back on those. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Signing off, Gene. Where can the people find you? And that's that's it. Yeah, I got nothing else. It's been a long uh, you week. Find, yeah. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. Yeah, you can find me at the Deco Crespo on Twitter. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter as well, and YouTube and SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. We can get early access. Some other stuff got cooking. Um more writing coming your way i've been making more lists i there's actual like writing happening though on my free time so stay tuned i have i have thoughts and i don't always get to podcast about them so 
the Patreon has to be the burden of that. But uh, thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks, Gene, for joining me after all these years. And uh, we have been professionally unprofessional. Thank you.